All right, guys, we are live. It's episode two ninety one. Other shooters mindset. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Jennifer Seymour is joining me. What's going on, Jen? Hey, everybody. Greg Cannon's in the house. Hey, everyone. What's going on, Greg? And rookie move. I need to put my phone on silent. Already starting off on a bad Golly. note. Yeah. Uh, guest and star of the hour. He's a friend of mine, personal friend. Jason Kelly's in the house. What's going on, buddy? All right, guys. It's good, man. Good to have you on here. This is probably overdue. I'm going to start bringing on a lot more people. Everyone's like, why don't you have me on now? You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, we'll get you, we'll get you on here. Um, got show sponsors here, the folks over at GSL Technologies, all right? They got all your suppressor needs over there. This dude makes a suppressor for everything, all right? So if you're – I mean, I heard – I mean, obviously, this is always hearsay. I hear three to six months on uh, stamp approvals now for suppressor stuff. But who knows with the COVID going around, who what who's open – and if everybody are still looking at those documents. I doubt um, if the ATF but, is working from home. All right. So who knows now, but I heard three to six months and now it's time to get one. Well, it's actually not the time. You should have been had one of those things, especially with the zombies crawling around now. And so there we go. Uh, if you want to get your questions in live throughout the show, uh, watching on the Shooter's Mindset Facebook page, just go ahead and comment in the live feed. We'll, we'll grab those, get them over to Jason throughout the show. Uh, the shootersmindset.com where you can follow all the shooters mindset update shows, bios, blogs, all there at the shootersmindset.com. All right, for those who are unfamiliar with you, Jason, tell us a little bit more about yourself. How you got involved in fighting and the shooting industry? Fighting in the shooting industry. All right. Well, um, shoot, I was always a wrestler, you know, I'm from Florida as well. And um always a wrestler. Um and ended up um shoot i'm the type of guy that'll drive a darn car till the wheels fall off don't know how to not do the things that i like um wrestled at a high level and up going to college and wrestling uh, unfortunately when i went to college that's all i wanted to do was wrestle i wasn't good at the going to class part uh, i was trying to make an <laughs> olympic team um ended up falling short of of those goals ended up uh building others to get to higher goals than i ever got um Ended up, I'd probably say in the late 90s, ended up meeting a bunch of jujitsu guys at a wrestling practice um, at Douglas High School. And um, where that big Marjorie Stillman Douglas uh, deal went down. So, um, but met a bunch of guys at a wrestling club. And the funny thing was, was nobody really knew what jujitsu was back then. So it was uh, a bunch of dudes on their back with legs wrapped around each other. I'm like, yo, what are you guys doing? And they're like, oh, it's cool, it's just jujitsu. And I was like, man, it's not that kind of party. And they're like, no, 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 coach, coach, you have to teach us how to do takedowns. And I was like, all right, cool. And it was it was some big names back in the time. It was dude, Hermes Franco, Wild Boys, uh, Minotaur Noguera. And, um, and it was funny because they were like, coach, we wrestle like this. And I was like, oh, man, I got to teach you guys how to wrestle. But my true value didn't come from teaching them how to wrestle. It came with them with teaching them how to go from takedowns to the ground, how to control someone and dictate action from their feet to the ground. Because they say life and death is in the gaps. It's in between what you don't know. So I helped them come up with a, a seamless process of how I did things. And it led to me now I'd work all day. I, I was I had a, a tiny piece of a big medical equipment company that I'd work all day and I'd wrestle afterwards. And then I found all these Brazilian guys that uh, was like a whole nother demographic of people that I could train afterwards. So I was like, oh man, I could feel a couple more hours a day training. 
So I'd bounce around from all these little places. And back in the day, it wasn't as popular as it is now. They'd have a bunch of those little jigsaw puzzle mats where they'd have like 30 Brazilians training on, on like a, a 10 by 10 square puzzle mat. And, um, and it became one of the largest fight teams in the world. You know, I'd bounce around a couple places. I found one place um, that they invited me to. It was Boca Black Belt. And it was out in um, Boca. It was on uh, Palmetto Park Road and US1. And that became the first American top team. Um, from there, I bounced around to a couple other guys. And then those guys that I worked with uh, became jiu-jitsu world champs. Um, I got to put my hands on a lot of different people, helping them uh, problem solve different body type styles, uh, doing things and components that I did. Um, like I was able to mesh a lot of things together for, for males, females. Um, from that, ended up teaching at all the different schools that were opening up, all mainly through South Florida, was a lot of the fighters were opening their own schools to have their own business and, you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of grow as they were coming here from Brazil. And it just became like, there were guys I was training that just became legends. Um, it was perfect, like right place, right time, right dude. Um, and South Florida's a hotbed for all the fighting stuff. So um, it's funny because right around the same time I started working with all the fighters, I met a bunch of law enforcement guys at one of the schools. It was my buddy Pablo Popovich's gym. He was like, this guy was like a little brother to me that was like, shoot, when we linked up, I found someone just crazy about training as I was. And uh, shoot, we were trained six, seven hours a day, five, six, seven hours a day, five, six days a week. And um, anyways, one of his students was like, hey, um, Jason, we, we run the training unit at this one police department. Do you, uh, you want to come out and work with us every morning or you know, a couple mornings a week? I was like, heck yeah, no problem. So I was a dummy at the time. I was just like, fight, 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 fight. I just kept giving them all this fighting stuff. Um, but one day they're like, hey, we, uh, we have to fight with all this gear on and stuff. And I was like, all right, well, here, let me slap on some of this gear. And I was like, holy cow. And I didn't shoot back then or anything. This must have been, shoot, this was, this was oh, probably 15 years ago. And they were like, hey, uh, we got to fight with all this gear on. And I was like, damn, I don't know anything about gear. And I didn't shoot. So basically you could take an engine out of one car, you could put it in another car, it'll work, but only if you make all the right connections. Well, I didn't know what all those connections were. So shoot, it's been a long road of working with crews, problem solving, being proficient at all their environments. They, got, they initially got me into shooting and it was one of the Broward departments out West. Um, couple guys got me into shooting. I'm an athlete, so I don't know how to kind of do anything. And it's, um, uh, hey, uh, let's, you know, at first it was like, hey, let's go shoot some pistols and rifles. So we're shooting pistols and select fire ARs. I was like, ah, oh, it's pretty cool. And they were like, hey, you should get your own something. And I was like, why? I'll just shoot your guys' stuff. Eventually I got a rifle. Um, when I got my rifle, Pember Gun Range was the first place I went to to shoot it. Um, uh, bought my first rifle at Lou's. Um, and uh, what do you call it? Ended up just how do I shoot matches? How do I do this? How do I do that? Um, so ended up working with a lot of different crews in a lot of different aspects. And I didn't realize like, again, how much of a dummy I was. I was just always trying to give my stuff, 
but I didn't really know what everyone else was doing until I started putting time into what everyone else was doing. It like, that's what started making me more valuable to work with crews. Um, so I started shooting matches. I started shooting Richard Haddad's match. I met him at, at that same range with one of the federal agencies I was doing a bunch of stuff with. And um, so we're shooting his steel match. And then I met Todd out there. So Todd, who you had on last week, Todd Lewis. Um, shoot, man, Todd took me under his shooting match um, wing. We would carpool together to, to Frostproof, to, to um, shoot Port Malabar, to Clewiston. Uh, we were just, we'd all link up at a, a stop on the turnpike and bounce from, from match to match um, with uh, John Rodriguez, Joe Far Farewell was out with us. Um, so and it's awesome seeing how far like all the guys who never stopped shooting matches have like come along. I was just messaged uh, Joe because he had two of his sponsored Gucci'd out um, 2011s in a picture today. So um, so anyways, I was big like again, I don't know how to kind of do anything. So I'd shoot like a practice match on Thursday, a match locally um, on a Sunday. Or, uh, or Saturday and then go with Todd somewhere on another day. So there's mm -hmm. weeks I'd shoot like three matches a week. And, um, you know, I'm the guy that dry fires. I'm the guy that works on all these different skill sets. So being a dude that does the fighting stuff and being a dude that does the shooting stuff made me way more valuable to all the audiences I worked with. I had another buddy, Rob Soto, got me into, uh, he brought me on board to help teach TCCC courses, so medical courses, tactical combat casualty care stuff. And um, his whole thing was, hey, look, we need someone to come in and teach how to control people. And um, I was like, all right, well, um, shoot, well, what's the rest of the course? It was tactics, the whole undertone is medicine. And I was having to control people, whether they're a good guy or a bad guy. And I was like, well, heck, you know, I don't want to just teach my part. I want to teach people how to do my stuff based on their environment. So I became real proficient at what everyone else was doing. So I took that approach to everything that I do. Um, made me way more valuable because I definitely realized you don't know what you don't know, whether it's, you know, like repelling down buildings, PSD stuff, motorcades, arrivals, departures, tactics. Um, so gear, um, shoot like that yeah. that's definitely made me a better asset um to everyone i work with so now i teach all over the country i teach um law enforcement agencies military crews how to do high level fighting just in a real short period of time because if i would work with fighters fighters like train all day long every day like i would teach it all like shoot like when att was going off there'd be like like I teach it four or five different American top teams, have people go to my building and train and then do private lessons on top of private lessons. The things that I do, I do all the time. So, um, and those athletes would work all the time. But when I work with say a law enforcement agency or a SWAT team or military crew, whether it's conventional unit or ninja crew, um, they only have like this much time to learn like how to be proficient at a skill set. So, I work with fighters. I work with them all the time. Like whether they won or lost it, um, um, it didn't really matter. You know, it's still just a hobby, but when I work with crews that, um, that are doing it for work, whether they make a little mistake could be a, their last mistake. So, um, I really took, uh, 
to, to building crews, to have a real impactful message in a short period of time and being able to, how to do just enough fighting stuff with a shooter's mindset. Right. Boom. So the fighting, yeah, there you go. Nice plug. The, so the fighting stuff led, led, led you into the shooting stuff. And now your class is focused on both of those things, right? Fighting and shooting. You know what I realized? I realized that fighting is really hard because you have to deal with people that aren't familiar with something. Like nobody wants to do something they're not good at. Um, And you'll hear every excuse. I don't want to sweat on people. I don't want people to find out that I suck. Like you'll hear everything. So um, I find that, all right, if I go to a, a crew, right? military law enforcement crew. All right. Well, great. We'll have you come out. We'll just offer it to all our guys. Well, you tell a hundred guys, Oh, we got this fighting guy come out. No matter who the fighting guy is, you tell a hundred people, probably like five dudes to show up. All right. You tell that same crew, Hey, look, we're going to bring out a couple pallets of ammo. We're going to have a couple different weapon systems for you guys to mess around with. We're going to have a couple of instructors out. You tell like a hundred dudes, probably like 150 dudes to show up. <laughs> so, <laughs> Free uh, ammo, man. What's that? Free ammo. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I'll use the fighting to trick people into learning the um, trick, use shooting to trick guys into learning the fighting stuff because you don't have to know a lot. You have to have a handful of things that you can be really proficient at. And if you're integrating the two of them, like, you got, you better understand, like, high level shooting, which is just super simple things, right? It's like the, you know, like a whole, like another place I teach at the range complex in North Carolina, it's a brilliance in the basics, like high level fighting is a bunch of simple, simple, effective things, principally based. Um, Like you have to be, you have to have all the basics hammered down, but when you have two skill sets, you got to be really proficient at both and then be able to mesh them together. You know, again, they say life and death is in the gaps. It's in between what you don't know. Like you could be great at fighting and great at shooting, right? Or like when I work well as fighters, they'd be great at grappling and not good at wrestling. So it's like that in between is where you get knocked out. It's an in between yeah. that, you know, oh, I would just get to my pistol. I would just do this. I would just do that. Well, hey, man, you don't know what you don't know. And it's like, if you don't practice them together, like those odds suck for you. You have to be like pretty like odds based, you know, have an odds based system. There you go. How, how well-rounded. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That kind of leads us perfectly to number two. How important is it for folks who carry field to know some form of fighting skill? Uh, just think just, just cause you want to do something doesn't mean it's the right opportunity, right? Um, so it's like algebra. You can do it in any old order you want, but if you do it out of its order of operations, you might not get your desired result. Um, and if you can't do the fighting part, it doesn't matter if you could keyhole shots or how fast you do, how fast you do all these other cool things. Um, shoot. Um, like, hey, if I wanted to introduce a tool, a life altering death dealing device on someone because I made the conscious decision that, hey man, this is time for this. Um, I need to make sure that I have the advantage to be able to do it. I'd rather be able to do it where the bad guy doesn't even see I introduced it. I don't want the the fight of their life. I want to have every unfair tactical advantage over my adversary possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so how can I like, and then, then the fighting stuff, like, cause I teach guys 
very wrestling based stuff because that that's my thing is is up close and personal wrestling stuff because if you're in striking range you're still kind of in projectile range you can still shoot from there so if you're up close and personal controlling someone dictating action well it'll help you on identify when your right timing for things is at yeah. so it's like that's a big reason that i conceal carry and i would never open carry it's mm-hmm. not that i'm you know, whatever people have opinions. I don't want anybody to know I have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that my, I, I probably can't wrestle with a, you know, 250 pound man and win. So I want it to be the, the shock and surprise is, is going to be my weapon. You know what I mean? Nobody would expect I'm the one that's going to pull a gun out and be able to actually take mm-hmm. them out. So. And, and a big thing too, is having a clear unobstructed draw stroke. Um, from adverse situations. You watch all these dudes, two-handed, one hand clearing a cover garment, other hand getting a good purchase on their pistol, linking up. Well, what if the other hand's tied up? Like I might have to clear my cover garment with one hand, get a good purchase on it. Well, what's a, you know, at, all right, what's my fourth firearm safety rule, right? Knowing my target's foreground, it's background. If you're not good at tussling with someone and good at tussling with someone on your feet, like you get tangled up. I see people flipping and flopping and flailing all around. And just because you want to shoot someone doesn't mean it's the right opportunity to shoot someone. If your legs all tangled up in between their legs and you're like, oh, I'm going to do like in all those videos and shoot them in the pelvic girdle and your legs in between your legs, it could be a super bad day for you. <laughs> so, like discipline. Do you have discipline to like abide by all my firearm safety rules? Do you have discipline to understand like the difference between contact and control? Do you have the discipline to always be in good position? Because I always tell crews, hey, look, you can attack or defend from good position. When you're out of position, you can't do either. And attacking could be anything. It could be sh- like, like in, I'll have a lot of crews do stance and positioning drills. And the deal is, is like positioning is your priority no matter what, whether you're grappling, wrestling, shooting. Like I always want to shoot from a, a super solid platform. So, and it definitely can change if you're tussling with someone like there's, um, um, nobody cares how good you are when you're fresh. Who are you when you're tired, broken down? Um, so that's what matters. We got a couple live here, Greg, what, what do we got on the live end? Let's see. Eduardo said one up. Uh, Kevin said, hope you guys are doing well. Uh, What's up, Kevin? Um, Roger said, wrestler Jason is an awesome coach. Loved his training experience with him at Spartak. Oh, awesome. Uh, That's in North Carolina. That's um, uh, Pat McNamara and Randy's gym. So if you ever watch like the Pat McNamara videos, um, like if anything that you watch that they do um, on a video, because you know how a lot of people do internet video stuff and it's like, that's their whole workout of the day is what they do on the video. Like, no, they like get after it at Sparta. Yeah. Nice. Um, Kevin said, if you're a good shooter, you hope to never need to be close enough to fight hand to hand. Sorry. So that's my plan. Yep. Well, you mostly get taken by surprise in those scenarios. I would think, right? 
You're at what an ATM getting a withdrawal and some dude already has something pointed at your back or something. I'm pretty aware of my surroundings. Like mm -hmm. I'm con like, don't sneak up on me because I might pull a gun on you. I don't like people coming up behind me. All right. So look, <laughs> those are all things that you think you're like in control of, but how many times you walk through a crowd, walking through people, what about when you're sleeping? Like, you know what? The refrigerator here, the, um, the ice machine got backed up. And I was trying to get ice out of the refrigerator and a couple cubes trickled out. I paid it no mind. We go to bed. Oh, now, I know exactly where this is going. Those ice cubes start melting and you have a handful of ice cubes hit the floor. It sounds like glass just broke. So oh. I was just going to sleep. I grab my pistol. I'm walking through the house. <laughs> <laughs> and then I see the, the ice cubes all over the kitchen floor. But who, all right, so who are you when you just wake up? Would you be able to tussle with someone till you can get it to a tool? There was one podcast that someone did that someone had gotten a fight. There was some guy, maybe chemical induced fight they broke into a fighter's house i forget whose podcast it was i just saw it today that a fight like some guy maybe 170 pounds out of his mind but the guy's kids were in the other room um who are you when you just wake up so yeah, yeah. hey i didn't shoot the possum that i got up and pulled a gun on there was a possum on my back deck like knocking a grill over and stuff and i thought that someone was on my back porch and if you would so have I had drew a, a gun on the possum, but I didn't shoot him. If you would have had a 22 suppressed, that possum would have been done. Mm -hmm. There you go. Uh, Jason, what classes do you offer, and how do we contact you about attending? Uh, attending? So I teach all over the country. Um, I teach at Blue Force Gear. Blue Force Gear just opened a training facility out there. Um, it's in Savannah out here. Blue Force Gear makes gear, equipment, a uh, bunch of Gucci gear and stuff. Um, so they have a, a shoot house there. So I teach how to navigate around their sling and close quarter scenarios, as well as my low vis type stuff, concealed carry, um, tussling integrated with shooting. Um, because how do you like quantify if someone's good or not at fighting? I don't know, man, you beat that guy, but that guy beat you and you beat that guy. Well, how do you quantify if someone's good or not at shooting? You're accurate. You're fast. You can do it under pressure. So I end up mixing the courses together from fighting, integrated shooting, live fire stuff or sim stuff. Um, but I also, I teach at the range complex, which is in North Carolina, just, uh, just east of Fort Bragg. Um, I teach for another company called Green Ops. Um, I also teach and I have courses at Sawmill, which is in South Carolina at Government Training Center um, or Government Training Institute, sorry. Um, in Barnwell, South Carolina, um, another company, Evox Security. So I am, you could find me through my company, right? Uh, C2T2, Contact and Control Techniques and Tactics, or C2T2 underscore training um, on Instagram. But, um, or you could just reach out to me. Uh, I'm up for setting up courses, private lessons, um award for your department agency crew open enrollment courses um i know this is probably a tall list but what what kind of uh, uh famous ufc fighters have you trained over the years man being an american top team shoot you saw I, a lot of them come through there yeah just tons of guys 
from there to guys outside of American Top Team? Because now I just travel all over the country. I do less of the guys that were doing sports stuff, more of the guys that are actually doing stuff. Um, I find that there's, for me, more of a personal calling working for group working with crews to help go home with their families, whether they're open enrollment courses, uh, helping people have a little bit more of an advantage over their adversary or, or bad guy uh, means a lot more to me. I, I looked at it like this, like books have more than one chapter because you're not meant to keep reading the same chapter um, over mm -hmm. and over again. Uh, it's kind of where things have evolved to um, just kind of how I can push a good message, integrate multiple skill sets, high-level fighting principles, concepts, formulas have already worked for a lot of the best fighters in the world um, that, uh, that now can, can be translated to people in a short period of time. So it's kind of unlocked the formula. Um, yeah, I know. I was talking to you about Amanda Nunez because she's on top of the world right now as far as UFC awesome. stuff, and she's, she's local. Um, I know she's part of American Top Team. is huge. And yeah. uh, the amount of success like a lot of my buddies now that are all still coaches over there like they're just constantly making monsters and you know like like attracts like you know um anytime you produce a few like anyone that has any school the biggest thing is is not to have a bazillion students it's to make a couple champions show that you can make champions and people will come and yeah. shoot, like i said you know, American Top Team started at one spot, then it was another spot, then it moved to a place down the road, and now it is where it is now. And if you've ever been there or passed by there, it is it is amazing. Like the everything offered to the guys from in like in-house living and and the coaching staff and the facilities that those guys have over there now, it's uh it's far from where it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my nephew trains at one of the ones right there on university. I told you about that. So I mean it's that's a small gym. That's a tiny small so it's on university and uh oh, where Sterling. is it? University and Sterling, yeah. Oh yeah, that's Baga's gym. Baga is old school. Ba all right, remember I told you the guys training on the jigsaw mats? Yeah. Baga was that time. There's all right, there's old school guys and there's old, old school guys. Baga was one of the original old school guys yeah. yeah good instructor good dude yeah them gym, their yeah, gyms are all over the place for, for a little bit now yeah he's been he's been at it for a little bit he enjoys it i mean i i need to jump in there with him maybe he'll show me something but i just think i can just i, I kind of overpower him here but i know shit you know I, I don't know nothing i just i know what i'm watching him do and those instructors are showing him and i never even got on the mat better watch so, out man like yeah, I would better watch out be men so yeah damn, I mean, dude that's good if he can choke me out i would love that you know what I mean? I wish I had more time to do it because I did a month with a guy here of classes and it was so fun of, of jujitsu and I'm much better on the ground. If I can get you on the ground, I'm a lot better. Um, the only time I, and I was going up against big guys, like I was the only girl in there, but the only time I could ever get any of them to tap out is if I could get, if I could worm my legs up and get my legs around their neck, I could choke them out and they'd tap. <laughs> Yeah, it's the only way I could do it. No, I, I I can attest to the fact that you could freaking punch. I can punch. Yeah, yeah that was. Here's the thing: like, look, if if you, you want to punch people, but you don't regularly punch things, like 
once you break your hand, you go from I'm so mad and angry to I'm so hurt in 0.001 seconds. You, you go from having a normal hand that you can shoot with, open lock, start a car, pick your nose, to a hand that is just a giant marshmallow hand. So if you don't hit things regularly, I wouldn't go hitting people. And also, you could be great at grappling on the ground, but if someone puts you on the ground outside of the mat, like you also might learn the law of unforgiving surfaces really fast. Um, oh, I learned that in my first three-gun match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. what happened? So I came into competitive shooting from paintball. Mm-hmm. And paintball was like my life from the time I was eight until I was 25 when I moved down here and paintball was dead down here. And mm-hmm. long story short, got roped into shooting. Actually, no, it was a carbine match, something yeah. like that. And, uh, you know, in paintball, a big thing is you got to get behind cover really fast. So, you know, we typically do baseball slides, Superman dives, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you're wearing padded pants with knee pads and arm pads underneath and whatever and there was a stage where the you had targets to the back of the bay then there was like a 50 yard sprint and you had to shoot underneath the barrier at probably 15 targets that were out maybe 25 yards Mm -hmm. so me being me full-on sprint in like khakis and a t-shirt and superman dived onto the dirt ground hurt like a mo but i did end up winning that stage like by a long 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 shot with that sprint and superman dive did the style points help you out or yes definitely no it was ugly no it was beautiful thank you very much (laughs) yeah i don't know i don't think as greg is the most graceful dude Mm. with movements but i don't know know i got i got a lot of cushion though there you go I mean, I've crashed. I usually do silly shit like that when, when it came to shooting from prone and shit like that. It's like, but the more I did it, and I guess the older I got, the more it hurt. So I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to do it a little bit more, I don't know, tactically slound and just not just throw myself on the floor like I'm doing a baseball slide. And I remember, <laughs> just- I, shit, I, I crashed on the floor one time. George Mackey was was the SO of this match, was a local good dude. And it knocked my gun out of battery. My Glock, I crashed on the floor. My Glock was out of battery when I looked up because I hit the ground so hard. And I'm clearing a malfunction and yada, yada. It was a, it was a bad time. It, it's pretty much that malfunction took away the time of me baseball sliding into position. So it didn't end up panning out. So I'm not always a, but it would have been good for the gram, I guess. I just fall going up the stairs at a precision rifle match and almost break my rifle. But, you know. Yeah. All right. So we got some. We got some giveaway stuff. Uh, we had Todd Lewis on last week, and his sponsors and him was able to coordinate a lot of uh, a couple giveaways. We do we did a, like five uh, uh, U.S. Palm AK mags, and then we did the Crimson Trace um, Red Dot Optic. Okay, we had two separate giveaways. Greg's got the winners, and then we have a new giveaway announcement for this show. All right, so. Um... My sponsor, uh, Vega Holsters, actually has pistol and rifle uh, pouches from their tax line. Um, so it's one pistol or two rifle. So they're each as individual giveaways. So this is them. Sig X5 mag. So 
they're holding things in pretty solid. I teach fighting, fighting integrated with shooting, tussling, battling for position with this belt on and these pouches, running, jumping over stuff. My stuff doesn't end up on the floor. It stays in the pouches, which is pretty important, especially doing matches. Boom. So we're going to give away those here, courtesy of Vega Holsters and Jason Kelly. We're going to figure out, I know these giveaways are kind of on the fly, so we usually post some type of giveaway after the live show was over, so stay tuned for that. Greg, what do you have as far as the winners? Yep, so I'll uh, I'll figure out how we're going to do those in the morning. Um, keep an eye on TSM. I'm unemployed for the week, so I'll be uh, sitting here at the computer and I'll come up with something. So let me go ahead and share my screen. So we had two giveaways. The first one is for the mags. Um, and what we asked for is your best AK picture. So we had a couple submissions, but we decided Jeremy here with his like super modern tactical looking. Hey, AK. that's not an AK, but technically it is. Well, it's a Galil. Well, it's an elk AK family, so we'll give it to him. Yeah, we'll give it to him. That's a cool picture. It's got the the M lock handguard and the. I don't three, know, and to me that, and... and to me that's Gucci, and I like Gucci stuff. Like everybody kind of has an AK. Right? Like I feel like this needs a little bit of gold on it. Not like a lot, but like if that trigger was gold, no. that would make that gun. So, Jeremy, yep. gold trigger man, but uh, you are the, not. the winner of that. And then for a second giveaway, we got this really awesome Crimson Tree CTS one thousand. There's a couple rifles in my safe that this will look awesome on, but I don't That's think I'm allowed to enter this. No, I don't think so. That's the part that sucks about being no, on the show. No, that is poor form. I know, I know. Um, I won't let you. Thanks, Mom. So anyway, with all this, we had a lot of funny stories. Um, the the way to win this was to give your, your funniest COVID story or quarantine story or whatever. So Mike Bell's story... Um, Basically, he was late turning into the shooter's mind sh mindset show last week, and some three-gun shooting AK dude named Todd was talking about stuff, and he's trying to think of a question to ask, and the first AK-related question he thought of was to ask about PSA's new AK V9, and the funny <laughs> part is that uh, this Todd guy is sponsored by Century Arms, um, so he didn't really care very much for it. We're all yeah. like, mm. uh, direct competition. <laughs> Yeah, you know. So, uh, Mike Bell, congrats on winning this. Congrats awesome on optic. putting your foot in your mouth, and so you won something. Yep. There you go. Boom. So there's the winners of that one. Here we're gonna give away the Vega holsters and pouches. Here we're gonna figure that out tonight or tomorrow morning. Tune into the Shooters Mindset there. Um, discount corner here. We usually do this here. We usually sometimes forget about it, uh, but Jen usually starts us off. What do you have? You can get 10% off at carbonarms.us on shotgun shell caddies, tube extensions, all the three gun needs you have um, using the code TSM10. You also can get 10% off of a jersey or a hoodie or any of those things with Under Industries, great veteran owned company. Um, so check them out and you can get 10% off if you message them on Facebook and mention the Shooter's Mindset. Boom, Greg, what do you got? I have the code MINDSET10 in all caps. It'll save you 10% off all phones go products. Um, it's a really great training aid for long-range shooting. You could look really awesome for the gram. Um, I know there's a lot of places right now with everybody being in quarantine where people are posting all sorts of, you know, training videos, practice videos. I know someone posted a competition um, not long ago earlier today where they were filming with some phone scope stuff, so 
pretty cool thing. If you haven't checked it out, you should. There you go. Uh, I got a couple here. Uh, UM Tactical, umtactical.com, local company here in Florida, doing a lot of AR pouches, a lot of Kydex holsters, stuff like that. They also have your full line of AR-15 parts and accessories. TSM-10, save you 10% off, uh, umtactical.com. Also, Terran Tactical Innovations, terrantacticalinnovations.com, TSM-10 for the Gucci base pads and accessories over there at TTI. Uh, Jason, any on-the-fly discount codes that you know of? I know we didn't really discuss. Um, JK15 for Vega. JK15 for 15% off. Vega Holsters there. You can check out their website. Also, they're in the 511 Tactical stores. I don't know if that'll work in the stores, but you can uh, go by there and check out some of their stuff. But, yeah, they're at the um, – I know they're in the Dade and the Broward stores. Yeah. Yeah, they're right behind ta- – I think the whole – that Vega is behind Tactical Life where I work on the weekends. Yeah, so I haven't right, got a chance to step like, Literally in the same – I think one row behind you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny because there's Boreside Solutions, Vega Holsters, and then there's Tactical Life. So there's some – I didn't know that's where, where Boreside Solutions was. Yeah, Boreside Solutions is right the bay right behind us. So some big name – I mean, talk about Gucci stippling. I mean, that dude's been like the godfather of doing it. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Um, what else we got here? So um, deploying your self-defense tool. I mean, not everybody carries a firearm. It could be pepper spray, simple pepper spray. It could be a pistol. It could be maybe you're a knife guy and you have a couple knives on you or one or two. Mm-hmm. When attacker is already within arm's length, deploying mm-hmm. your self-defense tool, I think this is kind of important so i also teach knife stuff um but if you want to learn how to do like all this stuff go to the (laughs) guy that does like all that stuff there's a lot of like great guys that do that um but for you to have really good results in a short period of time i think i think it's pretty tough like you if you go to like the motherland of this stuff and spend like five years there and like do it all day long every day, you will be that guy. But I get a lot of crews that come to me and they're like, hey, look, we might be doing some sneaky stuff in some other part of the world. Or, hey, man, look, I don't carry a gun, but I carry a knife in my pocket um, everywhere. And it's like, well, hey, how do you get to it? How do you get to the tools that you carry? Um, So I teach guys how to use the things that I do how to get to understand your own stance position, how to control someone, how to be able to control a side and dictate action while understanding how how to take space away from someone. Because no matter how tight you grab someone, like elimination of space actually causes a position to be tight. So how to take the space away to make a position tight, how to have a clear unobstructed draw stroke to get to a tool that you're carrying. So, well, heck, a lot of guys will carry a pistol on one side and a knife on the same side because they have better hand dexterity with that side. But if you're fighting over one, you're fighting over both. And I get a lot of guys like, hey, look, that's a great idea. I'm going to take my knife that's on this side, put it on this side. But then it's your like freaking goofy hand where like clown music starts playing at the same time when you try to open it up. So, <laughs> um, So the whole thing is like, how can you understand again the fighting stuff to get to the tools that you carry and everyone thinks oh well i would just break contact and and do this i would just break contact well heck if you're not good at the if you don't understand like 
how to understand how to number one be in a good position yourself how to number two control someone take away their ability to attack or defend then understand how to break their position to create movement to keep my adversary in a constant state of reorientation adapting what i'm making them do to then create space step offline or while still controlling them like if you don't get all that stuff like you might as well just keep your knife in your damn pocket because it could probably be used against you um like practice with the tools that you have and being able to get to them like i'll teach a lot of law enforcement uh crews a lot of times they'll have me come in and work with all the academy kits and they have a whole belt you know bat belt full of stuff taser uh baton uh pistol this that the other like what i'll do is i'll have i'll teach three or four different ways to get to the same darn thing and I'll call them out in numbers, like a cognitive drill. Close the distance, take however position I tell you to do it, break their position, create movement, create separation, laterally move offline while getting to your tool, having a clear unobstructed draw stroke, breaking the retention of whatever tool you're going to, and then be able to get to it before the other person comes back to you. So what happens is everyone has faith in the tools but doesn't build the skill set to have the proficiency to be able to deploy the tools against the bat, like a bad guy, like a, a guy that doesn't have your best interests at heart. Um, it's like, I'm not trying to teach people how to do things that'll work on a housewife while she's checking her tweets while pumping gas and drinking her latte at the same time. Like, I'm gonna show you how to do things against the worst possible dude to have that unfair tactical advantage on your bad guy like like hey because that'll work for everyone down stupid stuff doesn't doesn't work its way up so yeah being able to get the tools whether it's a knife or non-lethal versus lethal tools um so yeah yeah i, I, I always put a lot of thought into that because I, I mean i don't and i know i passed up on one of your classes which is which i'm um, you know, we need to get it done again. I mean, it was right there in front of my eyes. I just couldn't make it because it was after work. I had to go home. But that I Listen, needed by to. The way, by the way, let me just put this out here. <laughs> out of all the times that we hung out in Pembroke, yeah. just BSing, yeah. you asked me for little nuggets of information because I, all right, look, I'll tell you now, I don't know how to hold this stuff back. Like a teacher teaches whether I'm on the books or off the books, whether I'm getting paid a million bucks or zero bucks, I'm the yeah. same dude. So um, I'm always like, like I stay sharp by practicing my craft. Like even like right now, like I'm still like building crews up, helping dudes, supporting people because I don't know how to be some other dude. And the thing is, is if you only do things when the meter's running, like you're not the best you know, uh, deliver of your craft because you're only doing it when it counts, not like all the damn time. Cause there's a lot of lessons that I learned while going over something in a store at a gun shop that you could have been asking me like, Hey, how do you do this? Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah. Like you can pick my brain any one of the times, like I've taught more stuff to dudes in a darn parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like, that. I'm trying to go home and we're talking shit and we like, we talk shit in a store. And then we're talking shit while I'm, while I'm trying to get in my car. Mm -hmm. It's like it's constant. We're, we're constantly ha having a conversation. I carry a knife. It's an Emerson, right? So I'm on my my offhand side and then a pistol so it on, has a, on my the, right the, hand side just yeah. because I had 
yeah so it has that wave technique but the thing about the emerson is when it comes out you have a shit grip on it at least i mean i'm not emerson i'm sure there's a way to do it and i'm sure that's the way he shows people but i can at least deploy it quick um one thing getting a grip when someone's on top of you or someone's trying to be on top of you is a whole nother fucking story all right well so. here's the thing like when i teach i teach people how to defeat another human being how do you defeat an adversary like you have to understand like tactics and it's funny because i was today like you know how you know how it is like no one's teaching right now so every like every instructor buddy that i know is going through his like computers and phones looking for material to freaking post and yeah. i'm going through old videos and i'm like holy crap the things that i'm teaching are tactics that are being used against us on the damn media and it's like like solid tactics are tactics how to defeat another human being and it's like well what do i want to do do you want a fresh bad guy or you want a broken down bad guy yeah you want a broken down bad guy right well how do you use a tool to speed up the process to do that right so it's like i kind of assume a dead bad guy a dead bad well how do you do that well just then they're not doing anything to me (laughs) just think you get your knife out and everyone thinks like you just poke someone and they like explode and it's (laughs) if you understand like good anatomy and physiology it's like how can i take function away from things to have like the power meters go like flip-flopped because you don't want like an even Steven match. Like Uh it's, um, I want to have, again, like every unfair advantage possible. There was uh, one friend of mine, right? Her name was Kathy. Kathy is in South Florida. She's like big time lawyer. Um, Hopefully she'll listen to this and get a kick out of it. So she lived in this fancy three-story house, fancy Porsche. And I'm like, hey, Kathy, what kind of cases do you take? You know, you're pretty successful. What do you think she said? Okay. The ones I know I'm going to win, right? And it's like, holy crap, she gets it. She has that, like, warrior mindset in a different discipline. But it's like, that's what you want. You want to have every unfair advantage. You don't want to be like, I might win, I might lose. 50-50. Like, I want to be 100 to 0 especially like in a combative sense, right? So if you could use that tool to take away function to break down your adversary, right? So like, hey, even today I was going against a buddy. I won't say where because everybody's like, oh my God, you're not social distancing. But um, but anyways, like we went 20 minutes straight and this dude is tough. And the thing was, was right off the bat, I'm breaking a side down, taking away function, exploiting it, breaking it down. So later on, because look, if you can't wrap someone up right away, if you didn't invest the time to break things down, like, heck, what if you get tired before your bad guy gets tired? So um, shoot, a lot of really cool thinking stuff. And unfortunately, like a lot of guys that are teaching like this type of stuff, are only teaching like moves to people they're not teaching people how to be really successful like i'm like even now like i try to teach people less stuff but have a higher level proficiency um with less stuff and uh, like i always get this from my buddy but i always thought this before but he, he put it in, in better better terms and he's like hey look jason we would do like uh dignitary protection courses he's like old dinosaur with all that state department stuff He's like, Jason, he's like, look, I'm shooters I can think and thinkers I can shoot. 
down. Fighters that can think, thinkers that can fight. There's more value in understanding how to be a better thinker. And especially with what I do now, whether it's open enrollment courses, law enforcement, military crews, like someone might have to use something I taught later that day. And like, I never know if it's the girl in the back that's not paying attention or it's never the super fit, super attentive person that's in the front. It's always someone else. And that's where my biggest testimonies come from. So um, so I always try to put, again, my best foot forward. It might be some dude in a gun shop that doesn't ask me questions, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. We got some here live ones here. We got a couple of three live good ones here. What do we got? Who wants to hit them? Jen, Greg? Go, go ahead, Greg. Hold on. I totally just lost live feed. I have no idea where it went. How'd you lose a live feed? I don't know. I clicked to the tab. That was, oh, there it is. Come on. I was like, hopefully the broadcast is still up. I'm like, oh, it's still, it's still here, but my... But, oh, there we go. I got it back, as you can hear. All right. Sorry. It was gone. Um, boom, 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 boom. Let's see. Uh, Wayne wants to know, Jason, do you get up to Seattle and the Bellington area much to teach? Um, I don't know where Bellington is, but I was recently out there with um, with a buddy for uh, uh, Evox Security. And um, anyways, um, I'll go out there and teach at Banger Kitsap, uh, which is Naval Base, as well as uh, JBLM Crews. So uh, that's uh, Joint Base uh, Fort Lewis, McCord. Awesome. Um, Mike wants to know if you guys have a, uh, everything's like on hold, put off, um, standby now, but yeah, I am planning to go to that area. Awesome. Have them, uh, they can message me. Yeah. So if someone's, that's kind of goes into the next question. Um, if someone's looking for training, um, or wants to get with you, um, should they just message you on Facebook? Do you have a website? Do you have a, a, I am low tech. That's actually one of my um, uh, apocalypse projects is uh, working on my website. I'm a knuckle dragging um, heathen that uh, needs yeah. to be high tech. Yes, I would just uh, hit him up on his uh, training Facebook page or on his uh, personal Facebook page in a message. Um, right now, I did Google. Um, you can find some of his stuff if you just Google his uh, company name, which is right behind him. Mm. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we can do it on Instagram. is C2T2 underscore training or contact and control techniques and tactics on Facebook. Yeah. Awesome. And Mike wants to know if the OODA loop mindset figured into your training tactics when teaching. Loop, of course. Like, what's the best way to win a fight? What's the best way to win a fight? Uh, knock them shoot, out in one punch shoot them with this from <laughs> 1500 yards away before they get close enough man best way to i learned this in karate a long time ago i was a little karate kid because you know i'm 45 now so that's what there was there was big knuckles and karate uh ninjas bruce lee chuck norris um so i learned this a while ago the best way to win a fight is not getting a fight at all um i remember uh my friend sean with vigilance um so his whole company now is called Vigilance. I remember he was telling me, he's like, hey, Jason, he's like, 
uh, you know, I'm going to come up with this, you know, this company, it's called Vigilance. And he started telling, he's like, you know, it's the, the mindset behind things. I was like, damn, that's freaking good. Like the best way to win a fight is to have, again, what that unfair tactical advantage in everything, time, space, distance. Um, so that OODA loop, like being able to, you know, have get a little switched on to identify problems before they become problems. That's the stuff that buys you time. Um, so yeah, OODA loop, 100%. Observe, warrant, decide, and act. Boom. There we go. Any more live ones? That was a good one there. I like that one. That's good. Mike always uh, got, has good questions. Got one more. Let me read it real quick. Uh, question for knife fighting, sparring. They have shock knives and such. There have we you go. noticed a group that has had success with non-lethal firearms like paintball, airsoft, etc., and force on force and CQB sparring and grappling. And that question is actually from my friend that taught me the jujitsu for the month. That I had a good time. So, all right. What I find, all right. Like at a certain point, when I started working with all the fighters, everyone was already good at something. So then it's like teaching dudes who already had a, understood a formula of success to be good at stuff, right? So you got a guy who's like a world-class jiu-jitsu guy, then you're teaching him wrestling and striking. Or you got a guy who's a world-class striker, then you're teaching him other things. He already has a success formula. So it's like you already have someone that's good at shooting or someone that's already good at fighting or, or this and that. It's easier to teach other disciplines, but when someone's not good at any of them and then you just try to slap them all together in like a weekend course, I find that it, it's tough to build a level of proficiency where you really get it. Um, I get a lot of guys, especially with the knife stuff. Like I said, I, I would have crews that before, say for a pre-deployment, they're like, hey, we wanna do knife stuff. Where we're at, we're not gonna have guns, but if something goes down, like, what are we going to do? Do we like grab like knives from restaurants and gas stations? Like how do we like acquire tools that we could use and a knife's a lot quieter than a gun in, in some situations. So, all right. So now me and my buddy Cole Miller uh, and Cole's in Macon and him and I, I had this idea when I was coming out there and I was like, man, you know what? Everybody wants to do all this knife stuff, but they're not good at the fighting stuff. And then a lot of guys think that knife stuff is like you're dueling. I have a knife, you have a knife. We're doing this knife dance. Um, you know, you look at like guys going in and out of gas stations. You could just sit in front of like in your car at a gas station and count how many shiny clips are sticking out of someone's pocket. So, well, can they use it or will they use it against you, right? So most people aren't good at hand fighting, pummeling, battling for position, so me and my buddy Cole, uh, Cole Miller, Cole has his American top team in uh, Warner Robins. And anyways, what we did was, is, all right, so it was first time putting out on the internet. I was going to have it in a video as like a top secret training, but I'll, I'll kind of spill it out here. We just taped a training knife to each other's hands, right? Now the trick is, instead of like playing the I'm poking you, you're poking me game, forget that you have a damn knife in your hand and battle for position and have position as your priority and then figure out how your body works and where things go. Um, because what happened is we did it one time 
and we're like, holy crap, that was freaking crazy. That would look like the most gangster training ever. And then we're like, hey, let's do it again, but let's videotape it because we didn't video it the first time. And then it turned a little bit more into the, ah, I don't want to get poked. You're poking me, I'm poking you. Um, so if you if you understand how to have a level of proficiency without stuff, you could then add the stuff. But if you right away are just trying to add stuff and you don't have a foundation, it's just like building a house on beach sand. It's just kind of silly. Like I, I get to watch everyone's weekend courses on, cause I have, you know, thousands of friends on Facebook and Instagram. So every weekend I just see a lot of like weird, silly trainings. And like, I don't judge trainings by instructors. I judge them by how their students look. So uh, any upcoming classes or training or matches? I know it's kind of a weird time uh, for this stuff. I mean, what's, what's, what's upcoming right now? So, yeah, unfortunately I am on hold. I don't want to set things up and have them, you know, have to, you know, cancel things, um, building other people's hopes up, building my hopes up. Hopefully everything in the world, you know, settles down, people get healthy, um, whatever purpose, all these events that are going down, um, ended up clearing up and good prevails. Um, so yeah, so everything is on hold, but my spots are from, you know, I teach everywhere from Florida, right? So teaching, I also teach at the 511 stores at um, Broward and uh, at the Miami one as well as the Broward store. Um, so I'll also do courses at Blue Forest Gear. I'll teach at uh, a bunch of different fight schools around all the bases that I teach at. Um, uh, Sawmill, GTI, the Range Complex, Green Ops up in Virginia. Um, man, I had a great great crew up there a lot of those it's funny a lot of those guys were even messaging me today because they were trying to take away all their their gun rights um in virginia recently imagine yeah. they took all your gun rights away and then now all this stuff went down so i mean how crazy is that like now what like everyone's afraid of this including law enforcement so mm. imagine taking away your ability to defend yourself like how many people live week to week so not only week to week, yeah. month to month, week to week. Imagine this goes on a couple weeks longer. Like people are going to start getting desperate. It's like, all right, grocery stores have, still have food, but people don't have money. Yeah. I do so, think it's ugly. So yeah, it's that's, like, a scary, that's the scary part is like, I think most people week to week usually can, or paycheck to paycheck can make it for that 30 days, right? And then you have, once you start getting past that 30 days and now it's like, it's not even fun to go out anymore. Like now you got to stay six feet apart. If you're not wearing a mask and gloves, you're like an evil person. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's like, everybody's looking at you funny. Everybody thinks you're sick. I mean, you have to stand outside of a supermarket before you can get in. It's mm -hmm. like, it's, it's not cool to even be out. It's not, it's not fun to be outside anymore. And people losing their jobs, having problems getting long, uh, unemployment and all, even not that long uh, unemployment pays a lot of money. It, it doesn't at all. So there's, this is when, if it goes on more than a month from now, I think it starts to get scary. And I've been thinking about a lot of gear and stuff like that. Just, just if shit really, really starts. Like to not every temporary problem needs a permanent solution. So it's up to people who have 
skills, abilities, tools to definitely be the responsible ones. Um, you know, and that goes for whether you're close quarters fighting, you might just be fighting someone's having a bad day, but the second they find out that you have a weapon on you, like, man, are, are you ready for that? Are you ready for, you know, that positive, you know, that possible end result? So again, that great power comes great responsibility. You know, whether you're just driving around, you, you know, you have a rifle or pistols in your car or pistols on you. Like, does it have to end up that way? So definitely the, the gift of gab helps out in a lot of these situations because everybody's going to be going through some hard times. People are going to have shorter fuses. They're going to be hungry. Like, like what about those like Roseanne bar commercials? You know, like you just need a damn Snickers. So what yeah. do you think, what's your opinion on women and training? Uh, should women train like this? Do you think that we would stand a chance if a big guy came up to me? How, what's your take on that? And how do you train women? Do you train women differently than men? Um, I do. I have to teach all different types of people differently. Uh, because one of the things I teach is not all moves work for all people, right? Not all moves work for all people. Not all moves work against all people. And not all moves work all the time, whether it's a female, male, skinny dude, big dude, short, tall, like we're all built differently, have different capabilities, older, older, you know, individuals. So the deal is, is you need to still be victorious. Well, what's victory to you? Is it like, oh, I defeated my bad guy? Or is it, did I, like, it's funny because the further away we go, you're in someone's striking range, you're in their projectile range. I broke free. Now I turned my back and I started running but they were faster than me. <laughs> now what? So I might like, it might be like more advantageous for you to control someone to be out of striking range where it's weird, where you're maybe super close to them, able to get to your stuff. But hey, I'm on like the third row of, of public. So like I'm on the third room on the, the black side of the building, help. Um, so sometimes being able to, get other people to help you out is a victory. Like have that force multiplier. Um, so winning isn't always beating someone up or killing them or, or whatever. So yeah. so yeah, so anyways, I teach all different crews. Um, I teach, shoot, a lot of times, like I joke around, like I always joke around because I usually have to make people do really difficult things. So I try to be funny about it because you can't be a jerk. You can't be like Hitler and then make people do Hitler stuff. They, they don't like it and they, they don't come back. So I try to be pretty funny about stuff. So, um, um, it's, um, yeah, I have to try to be funny about stuff. So, um, but yeah, doing difficult things. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. Do you, do you put on the all ladies class? Like, you know, ladies, no, I'll, all ladies I'll stuff. Courses, I'll have women for crews. So like I was saying about being funny, like a lot of times I'll say that I turn nerds into ninjas sometimes. But I might have a crew for a pre-deployment course for like a week. And I have crews that are straight up ninjas, but what they're ninjas at isn't fighting or shooting. So, um, um, yeah, so I have an ability to kind of get a message across to help, you know, help people get it a little bit faster it's a little frustrating at first because i'm teaching people something that they're not used to that they've never done before that um 
that it's funny. I, I've seen people have epiphanies third day into a five day course. That's like, Oh, I get it now. Um, I'm big believer in a lot of reps, a lot of trial by fire and getting after it and positional stuff. I'm real big on keeping crews healthy. Um, so I want them to have positive, hard, difficult work, but I also make sure that crews don't get injured. Um, Cause you know, you never know one day might be your last day of something like right now with all this time off that people are having, they might've been about CrossFit or fighting or shooting or whatever. And all this time off, they lose their identity. They might never do something again. So I also have to be pretty inspiring when I teach because you're, there's no such thing as a, a one week ninja or you have a course where you see me, you know, for pre-deployment where for two week block or an eight hour block, there's no eight hour ninja. There's no two week ninja. So hopefully I try to be super inspiring that people can be able to want to do it after they see me. So I'll have females, I'll have um, tons of different females in all different roles. So yeah, I, and I also get that a lot of things I teach guys are a little different than females. It took me a while to figure this out. Um, I had one fighter, not fighter, but she was a wrestler and jiu-jitsu world champion that I work with. And she was awesome. She was like sister, like love this girl, like a hundred percent. Like she was family. This girl, Juliana Borges. Like I would pick her up in the morning, drop her off at night. We'd train all day, every day. She was Abu Dhabi champion, which is the world championships of grappling. Um, she was wrestling champion, um, just awesome. And the thing was, uh, we ended up going to the world championships in Budapest and we're coaching, um, in 2005, I'm coaching, but I'm also getting to work with all the women wrestlers for Brazil and I had them in 2005 in Budapest and 2006 in Rio. And the funny thing was, is I was teaching them moves that worked with guys and a lot of the girls were looking at me. They're like, why, why are you doing this? Like, all right, see how my arm is? My shoulder doesn't go anymore that way. Like a girl will take her whole arm and put it like behind their head, like going that way. And like, what are you doing? Like, I don't feel that. And I was like, damn, like, again, <laughs> like it, I was like, holy crap. Like things aren't gonna work for females. You have to understand that we're all built differently. They have their different strengths as well as weaknesses. So you have to be able to identify them. Like, again, not that's really, like, that started helping develop. Not all moves work for all people. Not all moves work against all people. Not all moves work all the time. Um, so, yeah, I've gotten to work with a lot of female fighters, grapplers, wrestlers. Um, and that's been um, awesome. Like, getting to to be in the positions I had. Like I said, I would teach it four or five different schools have people come to my building and and um shoot pr high school practices like i got to work with so many people and body types even now like when i'm busy there's weeks where i see like a hundred different people every week so like my database is i'm constantly recording and tracking like i'm like straight up family feud like i know what people want to do before they do it so yep yeah I agree with you. I nice think man. it needs shooting uh, and fighting. Gear, all of it has to be a little bit different for females just because body type's different. And... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like Jen was one of my biggest coaches getting into the shooting sports mm -hmm. and watching her shoot. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to shoot this by doing a split and then use my boobs to hold myself up to support myself shooting prone underneath this barricade. And I'm like, 
Yeah, I'm going to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> no boobs. There you go. Or splits. Uh, some of the Gucci gear talk. I know I've been I've been talking to you a lot back and forth about play. That's something you actually throw on just to think. What I had like a Blue Force gear plate carrier rig that you gave me. I'm like, dude, this is pretty lightweight. You know, I don't understand. Like, even though, I work, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I work in a gun shop, but we don't talk about body armor. You know what I mean? Yeah, I have no no, no idea on this stuff. Yeah, I have I have no idea on this plate rig and this helmet yeah. night vision. Like, this, this is this is not a realm that I'm that I'm familiar with. So uh, I, what's the importance of actually training with that stuff, Jason? Dude, I had a federal agency that I was working with. They were like, hey, Jason, look, you have to train us with a plate carrier on. And this was years and years ago. And I was like, damn, I don't have a plate carrier. So I go to the, the gun show. It was like, I trained was like on a Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. And I go to the gun show and I get this giant plate carrier. I'm like, shoot, I need patches, pouches. So I put all these pouches on. And I'm like, man, I don't have plates. I got to get these plates. So I got these like crazy steel, like AR-500 type plates. And the only thing I use these plates for now is to do damn pull-ups. And um, so my gear and kit at Evolution has been like just ridiculous over the years. I have more bins of stuff that I'll never use again than I have now. Like now, this was the, the Blue Force gear. Um, carrier and the plates that I have in it are from Shotstop and these plates I had these other polyethylene plates multi-hit polyethylene plates at three plus they call it and in my other carrier this is the one that you saw online you asked me about the pricing between the two see how that doesn't have a cummerbund mm -hmm. so that's the one that you originally asked me about hey man what about that one so, um, so that one has already light plates in it, but the, the shot stop one, like their front, back and sides are, uh, the same as that is just front and back, like super light. So, um, dude, ton, like, it's funny because especially with all the stuff going on now, like people, how many people came to, to Pembroke to buy guns over the last little bit? I saw they you guys don't have any guns. I saw you guys had boxes of MREs, bullets, like everybody's no, freaking out. But No guns, though. We don't have no handguns, though. That's how crazy it was. We, we're cleaned yeah. out almost. We get shipments coming in every day, and then they're gone before they hit the glass. It's like it's nuts. People are I, panic buying. I got at least 100 phone calls about guns, gear, this, that, and it's like, dude, if you didn't already have it, like – even if you get it, there's no like like magic ability fairy that's going to help you understand how to like run a sling on your rifle, like uh, how to run gear, how to set up your gear. Like if you haven't had your own like kit evolution of why you put stuff where you put it, like it's just stupid. You might as well just not even have it and just like apologize to the bad guy at your door, you know? Um, so between kit gear like why you have stuff why you have stuff why you have it there's so much stuff out there but um a big thing is is like you're better off buying it right the first time um you know what do they say like cry, cry once cry once yeah. what's that buy once cry once yeah something like that 
So yeah, you're better off getting it right the first time. So, and then, oh, even with like belts, like Blue Force Gear has this super Gucci belt that they came out with. They came out with it at SHOT, um, super pimped out. So anyways, I taught at Blue Force Gear and I taught with the belt, but because the belts aren't even in production, it wasn't like, all right, cool, here's the belt. <laughs> I had to give it back after the class. It's like, no. That's how pimped out the belt was. Yeah, like, boom, there we A tear came out from my eye. <laughs> That's how Gucci the belt was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, awesome. We got any more live stuff that came through, or we're, we're good on the live? Um, Mike wants to know if one wants to learn defensive fighting techniques, where does one start? Would boxing, MMA, or a specialty class like you? Um, to, you know what? Um, and wh where is he at? Augusta. He's in Augusta. Well, oh, he's in uh, Burke County. Burke. So he's Burke County. Yeah, I know where Burke's at. Um, he's south of Augusta. Shoot, there was a crew that I trained with at Augusta. I, I think it might have been like Augusta Jiu-Jitsu. Um, I was doing one of those hurricane contracts, and all you know, twelve on, twelve off during one of those disasters. And for me in my off time, I'm like, I'll carry wrestling shoes in my bag. Um, and there was a good crew of dudes out there. Um, if, if that person messages me, um, I'll find out and get a contact of the school. There were good crew of dudes out there. Yeah, and Mike, I know a, a good jujitsu teacher in town as well. I'm trying to figure out where he works, if he's at the same place or not. Go many more live or are we going to wrap this one up? Good to wrap it up. Boom. All right. So we'll go down to shout outs here. Uh, Jen, you usually kick us off. What do you got? Yep. Shout out to Prime Ammunition, McMillan Stocks, Night Force Optics, GSL Suppressors, uh, HD Gold, Bortec, uh, Warren Scope Mounts, Under Industries, Shooters of Augusta, and Sharpshooters of Augusta, and Phone Scope. Boom. Greg, I got shoot. Shooters and Sharpshooters of Augusta, um, our local ranges, they are still open. Um, they got every other bench taken out at the outdoor range, so you're socially distanced over 10 feet apart. Um, PDC Custom for a beautiful rifle chassis. You, know, you get one of this beautiful lime green right here, or they also have normal person colors as well. Um, NDZ Performance, if you want to build a real Gucci Glock, um, but not spend like $12,000 building a Glock. Um, they also got all sorts of other stuff over there, so check them out sometime. Uh, phone scope, Shooter's World Propellant. Um, from what I hear, still nobody's really out of it. Um, suppliers are running out, but they're able to ship right back out to them. Hunter's HD Gold. Ooh, so here's the Hunter's HD Gold story. Um, I was out at the range yesterday, socially distanced, like 600 acres, three people out there, all real far, far apart. And I have this beautiful 6GT right behind me. You know, I figure it's definitely a week to talk about gay tigers with everything going on in the world. And yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't find a piece of glass, brass. And it's brand spanking new brass. The first time I bought virgin brass. And I can't find this brass in the grass anywhere. Brass. You were brass. about to cry like a little girl, weren't you? I was. That's freaking expensive. Then I realized that the whole day I was shooting into the sun, so I never changed my glasses when I got to the range. I was wearing my regular Oakleys, not my HD Gold. I shit you not, I walked to my truck, changed my glasses, and halfway in between the truck and the tank trap I was shooting off of, I said, oh, there's my brass. 
So you can see a lot more stuff with them. If you've not tried them, check them out. Um, Bortec, uh, breaking in a new barrel. I got a good chance to use a whole lot of that my Bortec stuff this week, and it's just been so easy. Love it. I know pictures. People wanted to see pictures of your groups. How was how was the six GT for you? Was it any noticeable difference or what? So uh, the the reason why we went to it is to kind of try and something with a little bit less recoil to be able to watch your trace a little bit better. Um, definitely less recoil. It was noticeable in between that and the six, five. Um, I shot both yesterday a little bit. Um, I'm still shooting a break in load. So I'm only shooting about 2,800 feet per second. Um, and kind of one of the big things about the six over the six, five is that the goal is to be around 3000 feet per second. So I'm 75 rounds down the pipe now. So my next loads, I'll start kind of going up and working on a little bit of load development. You know, I just kind of found a random load online. I was like, yeah, we'll go with this and see what it does. Um, the, the load I have right now is not really made for the rifle, but it shoots good. Um, it was definitely fun. Um, definitely noticing it's a little bit harder to spot the, uh, the splash out past seven or 800. But um, it, it's a good shooting rifle. I love shooting the new action. Um, I got the Curtis Custom Axiom on there. That Gucci action. Dude, it's awesome. That 60-degree bolt throw is sweet. Nice. There we go. Uh, Jason, any shout-outs on your end, man? Um, follow me, obviously. Um, C2T2 training or contact and control techniques and tactics. Uh, I would for sure follow uh, Vega Holsters. Uh, it's Vega Holsters USA. Uh, Blue Force Gear, uh, JTF at Blue Force Gear. So it's joint training facility for Blue Force Gear, the range complex, uh, Green Ops, um, Sawmill training facility, uh, GTI. Um, uh, shoot, I'm sure I'm leaving out of quite a few people. But um, for sure, I think I covered quite a few people in the, the podcast. I try to always give credit to people that were, uh, you know, part of my life here mm. and my story. Uh, nicely done here. Shout out to Maya in here to uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, I know we're watching you watch on Facebook here, but we'll probably get this uh, uploaded to youtube and then for those nine eastern join us on the shooters mindset facebook page where we do a live show every tuesday at nine uh tandem cross for rimfire needs do that definitely thanks to jason here for spending two hours of his time to talk about fighting tactics and everything that he's involved with and that'll do it for episode 291 of the shooters mindset thank you guys for tuning in tonight we'll see you on the next one